Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to the Recovery Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. glad you're here with me. Don't know if your day is just getting started, or it's just winding down, or it's somewhere in the middle, but here we are. You and me. You and me. I'm glad. Grateful I have no desire to drink today. We have a daily reprieve that's contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. That's it. I do have a cup of piping hot coffee here, but it's the evening, so I'm mixing it up a little bit. I'm drinking some Pete's. Um, it's Pete's coffee. It's, um, French roast, but there's no caffeine in it. So it's kind of a cup of dry hump. Remember that term? Is it still a term? Is that still a thing? Dry hump. That was big growing up. I don't know. If that's antiquated or not, but anyways, the coffee's still delicious. And um Yeah, I want to continue with what does the big book say workshop information right where we left off last time. And I want to talk about step eight. And I want to read it right out of the big book. Third paragraph down, right after we have taken all this action, done an inventory, read it to somebody. Completed six and seven. The next line is, now we need more action. Now we need more action. Years ago, I typed up, annoyingly, to the chagrin of many, the sentences that kind of bridged all the steps in the clear-cut directions of the book. And it's like, that's not all. We need more action. You know, next we launched and... There's action and more action and just to show. And I made it on this, I printed it all out on these little yellow cards and I went and handed them out. It was called like a program of action. It was just all the references to, you know, 
what was said between the steps. And there's no lollygagging in the big book. There's no sitting around. So it says, now we need more action without which we find that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith without my demonstration is ineffective. If I'm not demonstrating God in my life, I'm not doing anything. It's dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to run, to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. That's all it says about step eight. I'm just going to stop there. Step eight in the big book is what I just read. We already have this list. We made this list when we did our inventory. We have a list of people we harmed. Former lovers, business acquaintances. Family. We already have it. Are we willing to make amends to these people? If we're not, we ask until the willingness comes. I mean, in terms of what the big book actually says, I could stop the show now and give my shout outs and be done. Because there's nothing more about step eight. Step eight is really, in my opinion, something that happens in step four. When step four is really done and written through lenses that are not self-centered, where we really do step three and we're doing step four. And I'll tell you why I say that. I'll read it to you. Um, Let's see. Page 70. This is in step four. Page 70. Last paragraph. Last sentence. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. Remember, I was talking about how six and seven and eight are really statements more than steps. You know, Bill elongated the steps to 12 from six 
the original sixer in the story in the big book, he sold himself short. Bill sat down on Clinton Street in Brooklyn and stretched out the steps to try to make it harder for somebody to wiggle out of aspects of those steps. But he didn't do it to complicate them or add things to them, make them fussier. His goal was to make it harder to wiggle out of those original six ideas. So that's why I said earlier in these shows that the belief I have adopted is that those are really statements rather than steps. And then what was actually read about step eight, it's so, it's so simple. There's not anything there. There's nothing, definitely nothing that we do now for step eight is there. Because what we do for step eight all over, not just where I live. They did this when I lived in New York. I lived in New York for 11 years. This happened there too. Happens in Oregon where I've been to many meetings. Happens in Washington where I've been to meetings. I've been to meetings in Las Vegas. I've been to meetings in New Mexico, Arizona. I mean, not everybody does this everywhere, obviously, but it does happen everywhere where step eight is your sponsor giving you a list of um, amends to make. Your sponsor decides who you will make amends to and who you will not make amends to. And much more than that happens as well. I talk to a lot of people about this on a very regular basis and the amends are really carved out by someone else quite often. But we're sticking to step eight. Step eight in the big book was as simple as I just read it, but what I was saying is what happens a lot is that a sponsor provides you with a list. They decide who you're going to make amends to and who you're not going to make amends to. Maybe that was your experience. My sponsor did sit down with me and look at the list that I had. But he did not dictate what I should say. To whom I should make amends. He left, he left that between me and God. And I'm grateful for that. I've made a lot of amends and I was willing to make a lot of amends and I've, I was moved to make a lot of amends that I don't think are commonplace. I've made a, a lot of amends for things. And continue to make amends to people for things that people routinely have done to me. 
but for which I've never received amends. I'm not complaining. It is the love that you give that heals you. I know that. It is the amends I make that have set me free, not the amends I receive. I have not received that many amends. But I'm bringing this up because I'm grateful that I got to decide with my own inner voice. I was encouraged to hone in on that voice. I learned from people who were selfless enough to listen to me instead of dictate to me. If you think that's easy to find, it's not easy to find people who will just listen to you and let that voice inside get louder and louder. And that's what helped me. And I'm grateful that I was surrounded by and still am surrounded by people who do that for me. Because it caused me to make a lot of amends that changed my life. That continue to have an impact on how I view the world and people. Relationships, possibilities, women, men. Um, psychopaths. And friends who are well-intentioned, but harmful. And it's incredible. And it's all because I was empowered by my sponsor. I was empowered by Mike. I'm empowered by the people in my life now to my read inventory to expand that connection I have with that voice inside. That's a genius. Your conscience is a genius. Smarter than your sponsor, smarter than any, anyone. But it's just getting in touch with that has taken so much for me. And it's taken so much love and support for me. The non-action taken in step eight for me has changed my whole life. The lack of people playing God with my amends is a tremendous part of why I'm happy today. It is a tremendous component in my mentality and the peace that I have. It is one of the reasons I go out into this crazy world without cynicism, not jaded, but with an open heart, prepared to get rejected and hurt and wronged 
ready for it. On the firing line of life with the motive of, how can I help? My job is to love. Not to pick and choose where that goes. So, step eight is a really big deal in my own story. The lack of um, construction by other people has been powerful. I've shared on here, I used to run a state-licensed drug and alcohol rehabilitation program house I was the program director I did the insurance I facilitated groups all of it so many things so many things that almost killed me and I was in charge of a staff at one time the staff was there were two different facilities that I oversaw and there was I don't know I think in its peak of employees. I think we had 35 employees or something, something like that. And, um, what I always said to them was that the people who come in here are going to have a spiritual awakening or they're not. And so the collective and individual focus should be on staying out of God's chair so that maybe God can show up. If all of us concentrate on not sitting in that chair, that might help. And it did. It's very powerful when you come to a place and there's 30 people not telling you what to do. It really, really was empowering. And I'm thinking about that because I learned that when I was taken through the steps. And given this freedom, this space to connect with more and more and trust this um, inner voice, my conscience, my higher power, deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. Says it in We Agnostics. So, step eight in the book book is something we already did. The more effective step four was, in my experience of taking people through the steps, the more pronounced this already is, the step eight. And usually there's nothing really to discuss with the people I have worked with. They talk about who they plan to make amends to, and we go over it, and I offer perspective when they ask for it, and an ear. And the direction I'm receiving is just to shut up and listen. Let people arrive at their own conclusions about stuff. It's very loving to do that. Really helped me. So, maybe that helps you. Maybe that's helpful. I don't know.
I don't know. I'll give a shout out to the Happy Joyce and three East and West Coast podcast greater than yourself, the Black Rhinos, the Design for Living Big Book Study, and uh, Sober Gratitude's podcast. Did I say that? Anonymous Recovery Podcast. I'm like a commercial now at the end, but I got to say hi to all these people. Special hello to uh, Chelsea. Got to see Chelsea briefly on Zoom. It's nice. I want to thank Alex the girl for the weather. Really, it's good today. We have a running joke where we actually design the weather. Whenever it's hot and balmy, we complain to one another about it. It's pretty fun. But I'm, I'm grateful for this whole thing. I'm grateful that people listen to this. I'm grateful that you're listening. It is exciting to me that people tune in to this. I don't take that for granted. It means a lot. I'm not, I'm not that sure of myself. I'm just... I'm moved to share my experience as often as I can in as many creative ways as I find. And um, I feel like it's... I don't know. It's my job to try to do that. I don't know how well it goes all the time. I hear people who are sober for a while and I hear, I hear people I don't want to sound like and I just don't, I don't know. I'm one ding ding ringing his bell. I don't know. And I'm also a supermodel. As a lot of people know, I'm a male supermodel and um i was a female supermodel when i was growing up beautiful woman anyways that's it i have a photo shoot to go do it's called um it's called big book buns i don't know much about the company it's just a bunch of tasteful ass shots i don't know was that too far (laughs) probably no not too far not at all Sometimes I forget who my audience is. You guys are all... You guys have been to the mountain. But I do want to say to anyone who needs to hear it that everything is okay. Everything is okay. I know it. And on that note, I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same.